Welcome to the Digicom Cafe, located at the intersection of faith and technology. We hope you enjoy your cafe experience where we cater to your digital and spiritual appetites, and build interest in the amateur radio hobby, one story at a time. Please stand by as we get ready to launch this episode of, Radio on the Rocks. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks Cafe Cast interview, which occurred on March 12, 2019, in the Digicom Cafe Multimode Communications Network, with Danny J, KD5DLJ, and his guest, John, N8LLC. Now, enjoy this Cafe Cast interview on, Radio on the Rocks. For your information, my name is Denny, KD5DLJ, and I'm doing another Cafe Cast interview this morning with uh, my friend John, N8LLC, up in Michigan. Uh, good morning, John. How are you today? Good morning, Denny. This is John, November 8, Lima, Lima Charlie, or Long-Legged Chicken, if that helps you remember the call. That got hung on me many, many years ago, right after I upgraded to technician <laughs> by a very young ham. And uh, everybody thought it was so funny, it, uh, it just stuck, so I never could shake that one. And being only five foot seven inch tall, well, that, uh, that explains why I couldn't shake it. Everybody thought it was funny. Uh, everybody that had met me. <laughs> How are you doing, Denny? We're doing good, and uh, I'm enjoying hearing people's stories of how they get into amateur radio. And so uh, we created this platform just for that called uh, Radio on the Rocks. And we've got a template, audio template, we drop the interviews into and uh, try and keep them down to about uh, 10, 15 minutes, uh, even 20 minutes would be okay. But uh, just want to find out uh, what people's stories are, how they get into amateur radio to help build our hobby one story at a time. So, uh, to begin with, how did you first get into amateur radio, or radio in general? What was uh, your experience, and uh, you might talk about uh, how long you've been a ham, and uh, how you feel about it. What, what, how has it impacted your life? Uh, N8LLC, KD5DLJ. Uh, KD5DLJ, N8LLC. Pardon the voice, I've been sick, of course, as you know. Um, I guess it started when I was very young. My dad picked up an old Allied H uh, 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 general coverage receiver, and uh, he uh, we had a, a big house, a ranch house, double lot, and uh, so he uh, he strung a wire antenna from one end of that thing to the other, so it was quite long, and uh, he uh, he played with that for a long time. But I bugged him and bugged him and bugged him, and he finally let me put it in my bedroom. And I would spend hours a night, of course, when I should have been sleeping, because school the next day. <laughs> Uh, believe me, my school didn't suffer because I was—I uh, didn't want it taken away from me. But I would—I would scan all over, and I—I I would listen to amateur radio operators. I would listen to radio stations all over the world, and I was amazed that I could hear stations on the other side of the planet. You know, it was just—it just fascinated me. Uh, of course, then uh, then the walkie-talkies and uh, playing with those. Um, one year for Christmas. Uh, my uh, parents got me a, uh, a base station walkie-talkie. It was uh, from Radio Shack. That thing was cool. It was just a basically a walkie-talkie board in, in a bigger box. It had a microphone on it. 
a little coil cord on it. And that coil cord broke, so one of my dad's friends uh, said, I'll put a cord on it for him. And he, he made it work. And uh, it was a much heavier-duty cord. And, of course, I, uh, I was always experimenting, clipping wires on the, uh, had a telescoping antenna on it, uh, clipping wires on it, trying to get more range out of it, that kind of stuff. It would receive uh, all 23 channels, but it only transmitted on channel 14, like uh, most of them did back in that day. And it went from there, you know, when I got older, my dad picked up a CB for the car. He had one, you know, <laughs> and a funny story was uh, he was talking to a guy one day, and uh, some guy said something to him, and my dad answered him. Back then, when you uh, when you keyed up the mic, you threw your call in. When you when you unkeyed, you threw your call in. Well, he didn't throw his call in when he made the made a last comment. And he got a letter from the FCC, but I talked on it when he wasn't around, and I I always use the call both times. And uh, my uh, my dad's friends used to chide him about that. I never got never got in trouble. He never got a letter about me being on it, but he got in trouble one time. So that was a funny story. I did it legal, and he got in trouble because he uh, he forgot to throw his call sign in there one time. Uh, back in the day, um, then he got rid of it. He traded it for a set of torches. My dad was a mechanic. He needed the torches worse than the CB. So uh, you know, we didn't have one for a while. Then he got another one, and and I got old enough to get my own. Of course, I went through uh, through all that stuff. Um, let me reset here, so we're not uh, we're not tying up too long, Danny. Uh, N8LLC. All right, I'm back. Um, anyway, uh, went through all that stuff when I was a teenager, and I just wanted, you know, I always wanted to get into amateur radio. So I started doing the studying. I've got a brass key and a co-practice oscillator from Radio Shack. They had a kit they sold in the, in the booklet, so you, you could learn the theory, which uh, the theory really wasn't hard for me. Uh, that was uh, that was fairly uh, fairly easy, uh, but boy, did I struggle with the more cold. Of course, my uh, that old base uh, CB, uh, a walkie-talkie thing, had the Morse code key on it and had the Morse code printed on the front of it. And I worked with it, and I just struggled, you know. And that was when I was 17, 18 years old. Well, I uh, I guess I wasn't serious enough about it. Well, by the time I turned uh, 27, 28 years old, I started getting serious about it. I uh, bought code practice tapes. I quit listening to music. On the way to work, it was code practice tapes. On the way home, on the way to school, because I was working full-time, I was going to college. Um, you know, uh, I took the code practice oscillator with me to work every break, every lunch. Finally, I thought, okay, I think I can do this. So I went and took my, uh, my novice test. <laughs> And the theory, zip, done, no problems, never, I didn't miss one on my uh, novice theory. And uh, I really, by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin, to be quite honest with you, I passed my five words a minute. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, uh, it was wintertime, and I was just drenched in sweat when I left. But I was just dancing in the seat on the way home, man. Um, and uh, I was, I, I couldn't have been more thrilled. Uh, a month later, I passed my, uh, I went with a friend of mine's wife. We went, uh, they weren't doing no testing around here, which was a sad thing. I was really upset with the local club because I joined them in order to take the test to upgrade because I was ready to upgrade. I wanted to get on, you know, the local repeaters and stuff. Um, and we won't go into that sad state of affairs. But uh, anyway, uh, I upgraded a technician and uh, I never, you know, uh, I just had a ball. I got ahead a couple of HTs, uh, made my own two meter mobile antenna out of a OCB antenna because that's what I could do at the time um, you know and I went from there uh, met a, just a boatload of great people and I've been doing so ever since um, 
uh, it took a while to upgrade to general because, uh, you know, work, kids, uh, the whole nine yards, um, still going to school. Um, <laughs> you know how that stuff goes. So uh, life got in the way, as they like to say. But I finally upgraded to general. I, I should have continued going, but I never did. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at, to be quite honest with you. I've got enough band space on uh, HF to, to keep me more than occupied. And uh, I've, uh, I've made a lot of great contacts on there. So, uh, and just recently, I've got uh, a four-element 20-meter beam up, a three-element uh, three 10 and 15-meter beam. So, with a tuner, you know, 10 through 20, I've got uh, I've got some good uh, good forward gain going on there. Uh, I've got a 180-meter loop up uh, this uh, past year. So, uh, working on getting a nice amp. I've got most of the money uh, stashed away for that. So, uh, you know. Uh, once I do that, that'll uh, that'll take care of that the little issue there. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, that's my story. Uh, I did about 15 years of Aries Racy stuff, which is now Amateur Radio Public Service Corps, they call it, um, and put a lot of time and energy into that. I've got uh, 12 FEMA certificates, I think it is, in emergency management. So uh, a lot of time and energy invested into that. I highly recommend that for anybody that's getting into the hobby. They should really volunteer their time and uh, get into the local stuff with that. You would be surprised at what you learn. And it's something you can keep with you the rest of your life to help take care of your family in the event of an emergency. So uh, a little uh, a little information there. I would really, uh, really do that. Uh, it just, uh, with work and family, it, you know, after 15 years, it was time to turn the reins over to the younger generation. So uh, there's my story. If you've got any questions, I'll be glad to answer them. Uh, uh, KD5DLJ, N8LLC. Very good, John. Yeah, I didn't know uh, much of your story. I think most of us, uh, we kind of keep that stuff to ourselves. We don't uh, get a chance to really talk about how we got into the hobby and all the experiences. So uh, it was interesting to to have you share that thank you um you know ham radio is a mix of things it's a mix of technology playing with the gear you know for me when i grew up it was spinning the knobs and flipping the switches ever since i was little and so that was always an attraction just to uh, play with the radios and of course i like to listen a lot too and we have a mix of uh, people in the hobby many of whom really just enjoy listening basically a lot of shortwave listeners, but they get their license anyway uh, just to accomplish something. But uh, obviously you, you sound like you like to talk to people and, and like the fellowship. Uh, what, what would you say is the uh, ratio of your radio experience? Uh, electronics, the hardware to the uh, meeting of people, the communication side. Uh, is it 50-50? 60 40 which one do you enjoy the most i know you're into both or oh that's a good question i would say mm, oh there's a lot of people out there that i've talked to for years that i haven't met sadly to say because they're too far away um oh let me let me think <laughs> well as you know i mean I played with the digital modes. Man, they're okay. I'd rather talk to people. Uh, I'm a I'm a people person. I'd rather, you know, uh, you know, Ralph likes CW. Mm, that's fine and dandy. That's like the digital modes. Um, in as far as it's not as personal as, as actually talking to somebody, hearing their voice, and they're hearing your voice. You know what I mean? Um, uh, the ratio. I'm trying to figure out how to answer that exact uh, logically. Um, I'd say 
60, probably 60 percent. I would rather be involved with the person, talking to the person, you know, and preferably voice, and then 40 percent, you know, working with the stuff, assembling the stuff. Uh, um, you know, I've done a lot of things uh, years ago. Um, you know, we had a power failure, and I go, you know, I got to do something about this. So I've got a uh, emergency battery backup downstairs. Uh, I had Mike, a friend of mine, NAWU, give me a couple of high current uh, relays. So I sat it out on my uh, workbench with a piece of uh, acrylic plexiglass, and uh, I took some, uh, you know, terminal strips and a bunch of wire ends and some wire and i sat down and i started wiring the thing up and i made myself my own switch when uh, when the 12 you know when the one tank goes out of course your power supply dies when that happens this thing automatically uh, the relays close and that brings in the uh, the backup battery so my I, you know my radio doesn't even blink <laughs> and uh, the relays are uh, you know beefy enough they handle the, the 100 watt, you know, the radio control 100 watts, you know, the current for 100 watts with no problem whatsoever. Um, so I like doing that kind of stuff. Um, and I did that all in my head. You know, I started thinking about it. I talked told Mike about it. He said, hey, I got a couple of relays that'll work for that. So, uh, you know, I got them from him and uh, I built that thing from scratch myself. Uh, he gave me the sockets for the relays, you know, so I just wired it all up. I'll, uh, I'll have to figure out a way to yeah, I'll have to take a picture with my cell phone, and uh, I'll uh, I'll email it to you one of these days so you can see what I'm talking about. Uh, I just mounted it under uh, my radio desk, <laughs> and it's wired in uh, in line there. So uh, when the 110 goes out, the power supply dies, click, and uh, brings the backup battery in. Of course, I've got generators also um, that I can uh, hook up in a few minutes, so uh, I can always have uh, radio communications going no matter what. But anyway, um, yeah, I'd say uh, 60%. I'd rather talk to people and uh, be involved with them more or less live and 40% the technology side. Uh, over. Yeah, well, very good. Well, I know you're into the technology. You like to uh, help others with their struggles with technology and stuff, too. So I know the, the hardware side is very important to you. And most of us that are older hams, uh, that's how we get started. You know, my, my license uh, as a novice... Uh, as a 17-year-old, uh, didn't come easy, and uh, I had to buy uh, an old radio, an old Hall of Crafters receiver. Looked like a World War II piece of junk. I built my own uh, breadboard transmitter to get on 40 meters, and so we had to we had to build things back in the day. In fact, I built my own Heathkit station at one point, a uh, big station. Built it in three days, you know following all the instructions and soldering all the parts and man I was scared to turn that thing on so uh, it was very much into the hardware and the technology at that time but uh, nowadays man we got throwaway radios and we don't even need to use radios I'm on my iPhone right now talking to you which is also going out over our whole multi-mode network here on all the different digital modes and uh, so anybody could get into this hobby now they don't need to know Morse code they don't need a radio. Uh, they don't need an antenna. All they need is a cell phone or a network radio, and they can talk to people. So for a lot of people in the hobby nowadays, it could be a hundred percent, hundred percent of just meeting people and and uh, talking and listening. Uh, but yeah, it's a different world, and uh, I sure appreciate you sharing your story this morning. Uh, you're a value to the hobby and. Uh, your, your story here will hopefully be an inspiration to others as they get to listen on the radio on the rocks 
Cafe Cast. And by the way, uh, when you hear this, you will hear the cafe sounds in the background. So uh, this is this is just like you and me sitting at the table with some non-hams and uh, imagine them sitting before you. What would you tell them now as your final comments? What advice would you give them as to why they should even want to get involved in this hobby of ours, sir? Oh, because it just opens a whole new world. I mean, there's just so many things you can do, uh, you know, with a little patience. And, uh, of course, you can uh, check online and uh, find out when uh, when the, uh, the International Space Station is going to go over. And with a handy talkie, you can uh, you can use their digipeter and talk to the other side of the world with a few watts. Or maybe you can actually talk to one of the astronauts. I mean, it's just endless what you can do. Um, their ATV station might be up and running. I, I heard they got that back running. Um, it's just uh, it's just endless it's just endless there's so much you can do there's so many things you can do to help people um, using your equipment in uh, event or emergencies um, and it uh, and you can just have fun with that too uh, meeting new people and uh, chatting with them and finding out uh, how many things you have in common um, that would be uh, that would be uh, what I would uh, use for my final comment um, it's just a fantastic hobby excuse me it just covers so much, uh, so much area, so many things that it's just impossible to almost, almost impossible to find an end of it for the hobby. There's just so many things you can do. So um, get involved in it. You will have fun. I'm just telling you, you will have a ball, and you won't, you won't regret it. It's worth the effort. We'll say 7375. This is uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, hope you enjoyed it too. Thanks for being willing. Thank you, Denny. 73s. Be safe. And I'll uh, look forward to listening to it. Appreciate the uh, <laughs> the offer to do it. Take care to everybody. N8LLC. Thank you for listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. Visit our website at digicomcafe.com to see our extensive digital buffet menu and listen to all of the live conversations on our Cafe on Ice stream or this and many more episodes of our Cafe Cast. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks Cafe Cast interview, which occurred on March 12, 2019, in the Digicom Cafe Multimode Communications Network, with Danny J, KD5DLJ. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks Cafe Cast interview, which occurred on March 12, 2019, in the Digicom Cafe Multimode Communications Network, with Danny J, KD5DLJ, and guest John, N8LLC. Now, enjoy this Cafe Cast interview on Radio on the Rocks. <laughs>